This is David H.K. from Ninth Revival, Robot Gods, and Grim Crow, and you're listening to the greatest podcast on Earth, Backstage with Spike. Who was that? All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome backstage with Spike, episode 95. And I am finally talking to my long lost friend, Vince Stout from Pharmacide. Vince, what's happening, brother? How's it going, man? Dude, you're like the prodigal son that's returned. Um, <laughs> you like dropped off the map for a while. Like, what's happening with you? What, what was going? You know, what have you been up to? You know, it's crazy, man. I went through. Um, I, I went through like some some crazy highs, and then everything kind of crashed for a while. Um, I was I was doing pretty good in 2019. I'd put out Bihar story around Halloween. And then I put out my first music video um, on December like seventh, I think, and that was um, for Illogic, uh, from my first EP, and um, and then things just kind of took a. I was working at that point. It seemed like everybody, all the bands was were working on some kind of a Christmas jingle. So I was working on a version of Little Drummer Boy, right? And um, and then I got some some bad feedback from. Um, from somebody who was pretty close to me on, on my music video where they were, I don't know. They, they was just, they were, they were, um, it was just, uh, what was a constructive it was, criticism or it was just like, like no, trash it was it? just, it was just kind of saying that it was like evil. And, um, oh, and, okay. and I was kind of like, that's kind of weird because, you know, I'm, I don't even have lyrics. I'm, not, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a, uh, instrumental musician. So it's like, um, cause the, the video for Illogic was supposed to be about the rise of, you know, machines and computers and everything. And right. just the, the irrational balance that we're having. And, you know, it starts out where I'm happy and I'm reading a book and then it shows clips of me later on. And I'm starting to kind of flip out because as the computers start taking over more, a little bit, it, it, you'd have to check the video out to, um, to see but it's anyway it was just one of those things that kind of it kind of got me because it was you know person pretty close to me and uh, i was like wow i was that was just kind of out of the blue and i was so that was that kind of took some wind out of my sails and then um once i kind of put that aside and then in 
January of that year, of the next year, um, was when Neil Peart, um, Sean Reinert, and Reed Mullen all passed away right. within like a week or two of each other. Yeah. And for me, man, that was there could not have been three people that I could have, you know, like, like all throughout my life. Like I was introduced through, um, you know, really started getting into the drums from, um, you know, my brother turned me on to rush and stuff like that. And, uh, then as I started getting into metal, you know, I, I remember getting death human and just like, the, the dude behind me was, it seemed like it when I was in high school in the nineties, everybody was in a band. There was like 20 bands in each high school. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. You know, like the dude behind me was, he was a drummer in another band and he, he uh, hands his headphones up to me and he's like, dude, listen to this. And yeah, it's, um, you know, I'm like, holy shit, dude, this guy's <laughs> fucking killing it, man. Like yeah. what in the hell is he doing? You know? And he just inspired the hell out of me. And then, um, you know, corrosion of conformity blind, was another CD that just really the grooves and stuff that Reed Mullen was creating on that CD was, was just, it just, those three albums have always spoke to me in a way that like, like those are like the type of things. Like if, when you start talking about desert islands and what two, three albums and stuff that, you know, it'd be for sure, you know, you'd, right. I'd have to have human, I'd have to have, you know, um, blind and some sort of rush, probably like twenty one twelve or hemispheres. Right. But you know, um, so those three guys dying was like that. Like between that and everything else, it kind of really like just took the soul out of music for me for a while. But see, that's what's and, funny um, though. That's what's funny because I mean to interrupt, but um, you know, we, we've had this conversation before in other shows of mine that it's like how. Um, you know, just like giving somebody a like or saying, you know, good song, whatever, like, but it's amazing how fragile we are sometimes that if somebody says, you know, I don't like it, or, you know, I think that kind of sucks. Or it sounds like you're doing this or that. It really like, and used the word that I was going to say earlier about taking the wind out of your sails. Some, sometimes, you know, some criticisms that aren't, you know, constructive criticism is one thing, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. dude, that was really awesome, but maybe you should do this or blah, 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 do, you know, that's it. But when people like trash it, it really like, like fucks up your psyche. You know what I'm saying? It really, yeah. it really could be crushing, but what we have to do as musicians is, you know, if we're willing to put ourselves out there for the world, you got to have a thick skin. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I I've always been like, if, if nine people tell me it's awesome and one person says it sucks, I really learned that like, it doesn't suck. It's good. It it's awesome. Nine said it's awesome. If five say it's awesome, if five say it sucks, then yeah, maybe I should rethink it, you know? Right on. I'll right give on. it some validity. But the one lone, you know, voice in the crowd, I'm not listening to that. I don't care who it's coming from. Right. I got you. And I mean, ultimately I kind of like, that was just kind of the beginning of the slide. Like after right. that, it was the other things were, um, you know, like, I don't know if, um, if, if I think I've mentioned it on a different show at one point, but I'm disabled as well. Um, I have a detached spine and, um, so my, my right hip knee sciatica back that whole side of me is okay. just really bad and in fact i, I kind of had to really completely relearn how to play the drums because i wow. can't like i can't um you know lift my leg to play bass drums anymore I gotcha. because it's, it's my hip it's just it kills me i can't do it so i had to play like 
flat-footed feathering the bass drums like a jazz drummer and right yeah sure. to develop power that way and it's funny you said that because i want to i mean one of the first songs i've heard of yours was illogic and i thought that be honest with you i think that has a very jazz influence in it Oh, I, I listen to a lot of jazz, man. I, I do. Thank you. Thank you for noticing that. Right, and again, I, I, I think your, your drumming is awesome. I had no idea. And now that you told me you have like like a disability, I'm totally blown away at your drumming. It's fucking awesome, dude. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's fuck. That's that's fucking cool. Thanks, man. That really does mean a lot. And I, I gotta watch. I haven't seen. But so, like, hand wise, do you play orthodox style? Are you holding the sticks like inward? Like, yeah, like a regular, regular, um, I don't hold them like traditional grip or anything like that. I just right. regular, just hold regular. And then ironically is I'm left-handed, but I play right-handed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So your hi-hat and everything's on the left side then? No, yeah, yeah. I keep the hi-hat on the left side. It's like the, the kit set up right traditionally. Yeah. Wow. But I'm left-handed. So like, yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... uh it's and then i'm self-taught is the other thing i didn't uh i only had like like two lessons about yeah. when you know most I, of uh, us uh, <laughs> my, my my oldest son he was really doing good on drums and um i bought him the yamaha you know electronic drum set all that shit when he was like 12 so uh-huh. i ruined it for him i made him go for drum lessons and after like a year of doing you know paradiddles and all this shit he's like this sucks he didn't have nothing to do with the drums at all nope. you know what i'm saying left right, right 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 left left right 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 left he's like oh this sucks suck. and it's like i mean i went to the academy of shift music when i was a kid i think i took maybe five lessons and playing you know hot cross buns and cockles and muscles you know i said get the fuck out of here i'm done with this shit i told myself how to play cold gin by kiss and i was like i know what i want to do <laughs> right right <laughs> and the funny thing is if they would just like that's 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 that is interesting to mention because it's like i i started out the same way i didn't like the guy gave me one lesson and it was he taught me like how to kind of read what a music note was for drums yeah like what an eighth note and a 16th note and stuff like that was yeah and um he told me about paradiddles and double strokes and stuff and and after that it was i was just playing it wasn't until like four years in or maybe two three years in that i really started like hunkering down and working on my rudiments and stuff because that's when i was trying to get like technical you know and yeah it's it's crazy but yeah like it's you can kill people's soul for music right yeah. in the beginning by just drumming in that like that technique type stuff and i never understood you know? i never understood why they wouldn't like you know we'll say lessons an hour long okay why can't you do like you know 40 minutes of you know the rudiments and stuff they need to learn and read in the music then give them you know 20 minutes of like you know hey what is there a song you'd like to learn or you know is there a question yeah. you have you know and you know heel yeah. toe and all that shit and make yeah. keep it interesting it's so like it's like school you know it's like uh then then you get turned off yeah yeah because that's the thing man it's like you know as as you progress through it and you and you and you take your own steps you're gonna you're gonna seek out the you know the technical stuff when you need to and it's gonna let it happen organically in a way that like lets you speak with your music as opposed to trying to like turn yourself into some 
you know, okay, this note has to sound exactly like this, and I have to produce this note the exact same way every time, over and over, because the goal is to sound like a computer, and it's right. like you're taking the soul out of it now, man. I mean, you know. Again, I've said this a million times: we're not going to be rich doing this. We're not going to become famous. We're doing right, it because we right. enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, then you might as well stop it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got plenty yep. of other, you know, tasks we have to do in life. I don't need another freaking, you know, workload over my head. I want to enjoy myself doing this. Yeah. So I want to ask you, I mean, I know you were a drummer first. Um, your music, though, like as far as the guitars and stuff go, do you play guitar and bass and all that, too? Or do you get other people to do those parts? And I actually synth my guitars and bass. OK. Yeah, I write it all. And right. I create it all, but um, I synth it, and um, I use either Fruit Loops or Reaper, depending on what computer I'm on. And uh, I have um, it's a program called Shreddage, okay, which gives you access to like a couple um, like electric guitars, and then I have another program that's um, I think it's from PV. It's called Revolver, where you can buy like a bunch of different amp software. And I just create the notes and everything, either in FL Studio or Reaper, and you know export the wave files and then write my you know play my drums to it. The, the drums are all you know just live me playing drums, right? But yeah, all the guitars and the bass is all synthed out, and um, I write that on my computer and export it that way. That's excellent. I mean, I I I I had a feeling that you were playing the rest of the instruments. I just didn't know how you were actually doing it. That that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was. It's one of those things where, like, I. It's crazy because I always played in traditional type bands, you know, like right. like like just regular bands in the garage and in a in a bedroom wherever. And uh, I moved out to California because I had met my wife, and I couldn't take my kit because you know it, I couldn't fit it in my car. So Denied. I um. I got out there with the intention of having it sent to me, found out that was going to cost a shitload to get it sent to me. Yeah. And, you know, so I was, I started focusing on other things. And then in the meantime, I got into the, uh, IBEW, um, the electricians union as an apprentice. So that took all my time going through apprenticeship into journeyman. And, uh, I didn't have no, like I was working like six days a week and going to school three days a week. And right, right. yeah, I didn't have time for nothing. So it was like, I still had sticks. I still had a practice pad. I was still buying these little like Yamaha drum pad things here and there that I was finding our crap and would take them back and get pissed. And, but we were in an apartment, so I couldn't, you know, buy another acoustic set. And at that point I had a real stigma against electronic drums where I just did not want to go that route. I didn't like them and I didn't think they sounded right. I didn't think that they had the proper responses or anything. And just, I really talked myself away from them. And I actually wish I didn't do that. Um, now that I go, you know, think back a little bit, but I did kind of push them away and just, you know, focus on learning, you know, electricianing and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, well, I do know, I do know the older electronic drums. It was that hard plastic, that, you know, it hurt your elbows, it hurt your wrist. And even like if you're playing in your apartment, you saw that loud smacking sound going. And then yeah. they came out with the mesh ones, you know. Like, yeah, I think Roland was one of the first ones to come out with the mesh. And yeah. I, mean, I know the sounds now, like the, the triggers are just amazing what they have now. Yeah, they, they are actually. It is like, like, um, it, it's, a, it's a completely different world. It, it's, it's crazy because even... 
like I've, everything that that that's that I've written so far with the pharmacide stuff has all been on V drums from Roland, right? And uh, but the thing is, is every time I get to the studio, it's you can just express yourself so much more on an actual acoustic kit. There's just so many different oh yeah sounds that can be produced that you just can't do with an electronic kit, at least in, in me. I, maybe if I don't, if I buy like a Roland TD 50 or something for like five grand, but <laughs> yes, problem solved. Yeah. But it's, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy to get back onto my acoustics. I'm, I'm really liking them. Um, and I, and know, uh, I know you've been toiling now because we, we talk in our little group chats. Um, you wound up. Uh, you're doing now acoustic, and you you're working on. You got the mics and all that, right? You're gonna you're gonna actually start recording with the acoustic, right? Yeah, actually, I just I was. That's one of the things I was working on tonight before before you called me. It was I was rehearsing. I'm um I'm doing a a collaboration with um Dennis from this side of Anarchy. Oh, okay, yeah. Me and him got a song that we're working on. That we actually we started working on when I was still back out in California, but then okay. with the move that just that that's locked everything up off of drumming and any kind of music or anything for like you know a right. year because the move and the getting everything moved and the unpacking and all just so we're I'm back to it now and I just started recording tonight and what i'm using is a tascam dr40x okay. it's uh i decided to go with this because it's it's a single mic like a uh, it's like a field mic that like a reporter would take into the field right and it's like it's supposed to be good for like you know whether you're next to a jet engine or a band or a jackhammer or whatever right, kind of right, thing right. So it's it like a para- the parabolic sound. type mic right it focuses yeah in. yeah and then it's also got two extra lines. So, you know, I'm, my the way I got it running right now is I got this Tascam and uh, it, it actually records pretty good. I, I've, um, I, I've, I've got a, a, a couple other things going on right now that I, um, I'm going to kind of keep on ice for a little bit longer, right. but um, uh, it's, I've done a couple recordings, test recordings on it so far, and I'm, and I'm satisfied with what I got. So it, it works for recording for right now. It, uh, you know, um, and I can make it a little bit better. Like I said, it's got the two extra channels. So eventually I'm going to add a bass and a snare mic and then I'll have like, you know, a situation where I'll set the task cam up overhead as an overhead mic. Okay. And then use the bass and snare mic and hopefully that'll get me a little clearer. And then eventually I'll build up to, you know, individual mics and stuff. But it's just you know, man, it, it's we're just getting into a house and all. It, it's I, I just had to put siding on. I just had to put windows <laughs> on. I just had to put a roof on. Yeah, yeah. Like So you bought the house or you're renting? Oh no, no, I bought it. it there it's, you go. It's, so, it's, it's, so, it's, so between you and I, fuck the neighbors. Do what you gotta do. You know exactly. That's fuck a, that yeah, shit. Like, <laughs> you know, so it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing my fucking drums. It's man, not like you know? you're renting, and it's not like you're in a condo. A condo dock rules, you know, no instruments on Saturday. Go fuck yourself. I'd have singers over, like my original singer would be over here, and he would come over at like ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. And I mean, I'm pretty like spaced out here, but you know, you know, as far as like, you know, we're not on top of one another, but um, uh-huh. 
you know, once it gets to be like, you know, one o'clock in the morning, you know, it's dead quiet, dude. I'm not in the city. I'm on an island, three by five. It's quiet. There's nothing going on. And my wife would walk the dog and she'd come back and she'd open up the studio door and she'd be like, she'd call me over. I'm like, what? She goes, I can hear you down the block when I'm walking the dog. And (laughs) it's just Johnny singing. So all you're hearing is like somebody screaming their head off about demons and devils. You know, (laughs) two o'clock in the fucking morning, you know. But nobody ever said nothing. I know all the cops here on the island. Nobody ever came to my house. You know, she's like, I just want you to know that. I'm like, well, um, okay, thanks for telling me, but I really don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Fucking flame on. So go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, the only thing I was going to say is I, I do try to respect the neighbors. Like, like um, I, yeah. I, I try to make sure that when I play, I keep it between like noon and like seven at night. Right, right. And then I never play on Sundays. You know, just to to to, to give everybody a everybody can have a quiet Sunday every week. You know, I, I, I try to <laughs> I never play there. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, it's like today I stopped at around twenty or seven, quarter of seven. And, um, you know, I try to respect people's, you know, I understand not, right. not, nobody wants to live next door to a drummer. And, <laughs> you, you know. but at least you're a drummer. <laughs> no, you don't want to live next to somebody learning how to play drums. That's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Christ. Oh, yeah, man. So, so listen, I want to play a song before we get too far gone here. Uh, okay, cool. One of my favorites of yours is A Time Before. What's the story behind that song? You know, that one, um, it doesn't really have a story behind it on that one. Actually, that was just, uh, the, the, the first EP was just, um, me kind of getting familiarized with that shredded software and seeing what I could come up with and what I could do. And right. just a lot of little riffs that had been, you know, cause as, when you're in a band, when you're like, you know, younger and you know, you're, you're a drummer, you're like. You go to practice and you're like, Hey dude, I got this. And you're like, you're telling your guitarist, you know, Hey, I got this riff in my head last night and you're telling them. Yeah. And you know, now it's like, I don't have that. So I got all these riffs in my head and I started putting them down on this program. And that's really what the first EP was really just stuff that had been riffs that had been in my head for like eight years or so right. that just kept churning back up and stuff and just kind of put them all together and composed them into, into songs. That that was pretty much what the whole first EP was except for Merck, um, which was a, uh, had, did have a story behind it. Cause that was about uh, my dad passing. Oh, and man. that was actually the first song that I, that, that I wrote for pharmacide. Um, right. But uh, yeah, the the time before was that was just that was just a bunch of stuff that was different riffs yeah, around in my head that had been you know in there for a while, right? And uh, just kind of like trying to put them out there. It's a great track. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so we're gonna play a time before. Check this out. You better enjoy yourself for the next fifteen or twenty minutes. You better enjoy yourself to the utmost.
what's the meaning behind pharmacide? Like, where'd you come up with this, with the name and the whole idea behind this? Um, with pharmacide, it, uh, it started with, um, you know, yeah, I've been playing, you know, for man, um, you know, it, I, I've been into drumming like my whole life. It was one of those things where <clears throat> I did a little bit of baseball back guitar, you know, like growing <laughs> up, but, yeah. um, I was always drawn to the drumming. And when I was 10, my parents got me my first kit, uh, which is a five piece max tone, uh, came with a hi hat and the 18 inch crash ride. And, right. um, you know, I, I played it for the first couple years without really having much direction. But by the time I got to eighth grade, um, started focusing and learning how to play like, um, uh, the first song I really got into was um, for, from Whom the Bell Tolls, from Metallica. Me and a guitarist from school right. started playing that, and then we started our own band from there. And um, you know, played a few shows here and there, nothing big around the Baltimore area, just a couple parties, stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, like I said, moving out to California, um, I didn't really do anything musically because I was I was just focused on you know, work, which in, in the electricians union. Um, and then I got disabled and I couldn't work anymore, uh, because I was, obviously I was on the job site one day and I was bending stub ups, uh, three quarter inch rigid to, to come up a block wall. We were working on this school and, um, like that EMT um, conduit type stuff. Oh uh, no, it was oh. rigid, which is a little bit, it's, it's more for, um, like outdoor use and like, you know, EMT is a little more for like inside and yeah. in the ceilings and stuff like that. But this I, was running <laughs> up a block wall. I used to weld with that stuff. Like I used to make custom oh, chopper wow. bicycles, and then they're like, oh, "You can't wow. weld that shit. There's toxic fumes on that shit." I'm breathing <laughs> that crap in making bicycles. So I was charging like 400 bucks to to make chopper bicycles. But go ahead. <laughs> That's funny. I had two people tell me like, "Dude, are you nuts? You can't breathe that shit in." <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. That's funny. Um, but yeah, man, I was so I was bending stub ups, and the next thing I know, I, I felt like this pain in my back and I, I just thought that i was you know trying to tweak my bend out too right. much and i just you know moved my back wrong it was a thursday afternoon so i figured ah screw it i'll go home i'll have a nice long weekend yeah and i'll, I'll be back on monday and but that was the last day i worked and that was uh, Mar uh march march 18th of 2009 oh wow and uh yeah man and, and that from that's when i found out that uh after a couple years and MRIs and stuff, I found out that I had a detached spine and which basically means that my, you know, it's my spine isn't attached to my pelvis. So it's like sliding right. forward. So do you wear a brace or anything? Nerves. Do you have to wear a brace? I'm sorry? Do you wear a brace or anything? It, 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 I, I do. I have all that stuff. And there was a time when, when they would work, but it's, it's, it seems like it just depends on how sometimes those things work. Sometimes they don't. I, right. I, um, it's it's just one of those things where unfortunately um that you can do like a spinal fusion surgery but that's the it is then it limits your mobility right well it's really more the success rate of it is just too alarming for me there was right. too many people that it's a it's a hereditary thing apparently as well i have a lot of people in my family have it and okay. a lot of people will go and they'll get the surgery and they'll be like okay it fixed my right side but now my left side hurts and oh fuck that it, yeah. it's just one of those things where they can't guarantee it's 
it's not like it where it's an appendix, you know, okay, you know what, your appendix is bad, we're going to take your appendix out, we're going to send you home, you're cool. Right, it's, right. It's, you know, hey, you can try this surgery, and maybe it'll help, but maybe it won't, and it's scary, man, because, you know, it, it does, it, it's, it's getting worse, you know, my hip is really bad, it's hard to, you know, stand up from a sitting position sometimes, right, right. because you got to... You know, uh, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, I'm getting off yeah. track. <laughs> but, right. um, so anyway, that after doing that, and then I couldn't work anymore. And I'm the type of guy I grew up in a in a hardworking type family. You know, my dad was a bust ass guy, and my brothers were. You know, it, it was one of those things you you, you work. So um, when I couldn't work anymore, it, it it I felt you know really bad about that. I was looking for things to keep busy. I started going to. Um, take online classes and stuff like that and uh, long and short of it is once once i finally got on disability and i, I got a back check right. and i was able to buy a um set of v-drums and um i was like okay i'm just going to buy the at that point i didn't even know if i was going to still be able to play right, right you know right. like I, I was really ready to be like okay i'm going to buy these but i might just have to take them right back to the store but it was one of those things like i remember sitting on my on, on my couch with my wife and i was like I, i'm not afraid to, to say this but i was literally crying man i was like i gotta play drums i gotta i cannot because it's it's in your blood dude you know like you 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 start doing this shit and it's in your blood where it's you know, regardless you know, so it's, it was one of those things where like, you know, we go to these shows, we keep going, to, you know, we always went to concerts and shows and different things. And I'm watching these dudes play drums. And I'm like, right, you know, right. I play. So like, you know, that was where it was one of those things. And she was like, all right, you know what, when, when the money came in, she was like, get your kit, get your kit. And, right. you know, I got it and I found out I could still play a little bit. And then I found out I could record myself playing on that kit and start making like drum covers and stuff. And, you know, from there, that's when I had found uh, a website, actually. It was called My Online Band. And it was basically guitarists, drummers, bassists, different people who had parts. And they would say, hey, I, I'm a guitarist and I got this riff or whatever and looking for a drummer to write a beat to it. And, you know, you, you say, hey, OK, you know, here, here's what I got. You know, what do you, you know, and it's basically like a collab website. I, cool. I stayed on that for about a yeah it was really cool yeah. I, I actually ended up working with dudes like in the uk and in france and freaking all over the country here south yeah. america and uh but then the website went down and <laughs> so i was like way. okay <laughs> all good things <laughs> yeah. must come to an end yeah. yeah yeah so that's that's and then my dad got sick and um he was it was a situation where he was in um, like there's hospice type care places and it was going through the, the, the red tape and the paperwork of those situations was just right. horrible. And, uh, that's where my brother-in-law hooked me up with this copy of FL studio. And I wrote the song Merck, um, from, uh, from that, which was, it had an electric guitar in FL studio. And if, um, if you ever check out Merck from the from the first EP, you'll hear that the guitar sounds way different than any of the other ones. Right, right, right. It's got this like alien coldness type to it, and that was like the best guitar that FL Studio could come up with. Uh, but it worked for how I was feeling for that that time because I, I I wrote some lyrics which really weren't lyrics; they were really just me screaming and right. just shouting my head off, mad uh, about the situation. But it, it worked for the song, and. Uh, 
you know, I did that and I was like, okay, that was fun. But unfortunately, the guitar sounds like shit for anything other than this particular song, one yeah. song. I've had you that. Know? Yeah, I, I like you buy like, you know, I bought like $200 effects boxes for my guitar. And it's like, <laughs> it's horrible. But like, it sounds great for this song that I came up with. But it's like, I can't picture ever using this ever again, you know? Yeah, that's what it was. Ugh. Like, I started writing the second song, which was, which, which was a, actually a time before. And it did, but it just sounded like crap on that guitar. And then yeah. just out of the blue, I don't even know how I found it. It was almost like, I don't like to get all, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a religious guy. I'm a Catholic. And, um, uh, it was like one of those things for me, it was just like, God kind of put it out there for me because I just came across this program called shreddage somehow. I don't even remember still how I did because, it just, I came across it and I was looking at it and I was like, wow, that guitar sounds nice. And I was like, okay, can I run that through FL studio? And I was like, yeah, I can. I was like, oh my God. Okay. You know, I could, I could, I actually have access to creating a decent guitar sound now. So that just, at that point, it was like flame on, man. I was, yeah. I was fucking juiced and I was like, writing like a demon man like because that was one of the things i want to i want to say is like you have i mean i've listened to a lot of your music believe me and you get a lot of like crazy cool funky sounds and i that's one of the things i've always liked about your music that it's like um you know you're doing your own thing that's for sure um but the, the tones like some of the things some of the background you know nuances you have you get some really cool crazy sounds it's like not like the normal stuff out of the toy box, you know what I'm saying? Thanks, man. And I like Thanks. that. So do you purposely look for like oddball sounds? Do you play with effects to make things sound funky, you know what I'm saying? You no, know, dude. I really just kinda like see how it how it sounds coming out of me, kinda like I'm I'm right. I'm kinda like playing it in my head and my body kind of yeah, and I'm yeah. just kinda putting it out and trying to I don't really look crazily enough, like I don't I don't really like kind of have any the only the only thing that i had it started with an agenda with was when i wrote be horror story because like that one has like a story interwoven between all the songs right and like i i, I did actually try to write like i would write out the the acting part and then I would start writing out the song that was going to be played right after that part. So okay. my headspace was like, <laughs> yeah. in like I tried to do everything linearly. I tried to write everything in a way that made it work for whatever part was coming next. And um, and that when I did, I had I had a very definitive ideas for every single song. But for like the first two EPs, for the, uh, the Pharmacide EP and for Synquisition, right? It was really just just. Again, like, like both of those were were really stuff that had like the first EP was stuff that had been sitting in me for years, and then the second EP was stuff that was like juiced up out of like okay, now I can start doing this, and now I got these other ideas. Let's try this. Let's try you know. But it was it was it wasn't like um like okay, let me put this this uh like basically when I start writing an album, I'll take the lead guitar and the rhythm guitar and I'll, I'll decide what kind of amp I want to use for them. And I'll, I'll kind of tune up the amp and get the guitar sound coming out. And I'll say, okay, that's how I want the rhythm guitar to sound. That's how I want the electric guitar to sound. And then I'll get the bass and do the same thing. And once I get those three sounds going, 
that everything else that I'm writing is just is 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 I never change the the settings on the amps for the rest of the album. Okay, I got you. Uh, yeah. So it's so it's consistent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think I truthfully I think you like a lot of your music. I mean, I think a lot of your music would be great as uh soundtracks for like movies. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I, I listen to your music a lot of times, and I picture like a, like a movie. You know what I'm saying? I, I picture that as a uh, as, as the backdrop for the, for the scene for the movie. I think I, I I you you definitely set a tone with the music. Oh, thanks, man. I'm not gonna say it's evil Christmas wow. music, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> thanks, I still man. can't believe you said that. That that thought it was too evil. Your, your Christmas thing. Yeah, it was crazy, man. That was that was that was a bummer, but oh, yeah, and, and B horror story was really meant to be tongue in cheek. Like that was like that wasn't because you know that was just about you know that was supposed to be like a like literally like a B the, the just the coolness and the funness of B horror movies from the eighties. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, totally get that. So listen, I want to play uh, face your demon. What's the story behind this one? Yeah, that one is from Bihar story, and that one was at a part where the guy in the story. Um, basically, it's 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 like one of those old typical Bihar stories where, like in the 1600s, some some you know warlock was getting ready to be burned at the stake, and he's going to yeah. come back and get revenge. Blah blah blah, and you know, and at the part where Facer Demon comes in, the 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 demon has just caught up with like the character in the story. And it's like, he's hiding in a bush and he's like, what is cell phone? And he's like, yeah, my phone's about to die. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think that the, it's getting closer and closer. And, and then next thing you know, bam, face your demon comes in and it's supposed to just like come in and hit you right away. Right, right, right. I, um, I, I love the old, like, I mean, again, um, you know, you watch the remakes, you know, Godzilla movies and stuff. Dude, the ones in the sixties where it's a guy in a rubber suit and the wind up fucking tanks. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. it's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They did what, what they could do back then. It's like I love shit yeah. like that. I love that sixties yeah. stuff. And you know, lame, you know, special effects. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're gonna play Face Your Demon. We'll be right back.
All right, Vince. So uh, we, we, we're going to play the choose game with you here on the show. Um, the way it works is I'm going to ask you a series of questions, okay? You're going to have a choice of one or the other. You cannot say pass. You must pick one or the other. Um, okay. It's up to you to decide what does the question actually mean. You can't ask me to say, well, what do you mean by that, you know? <laughs> okay. Um and again, if you want to explain your answer, you can. By all means, you don't have to, but if you want to, you can. Okay. All right. You all set? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. All right. Salt and vinegar or sour cream and onion potato chips? Sour cream and onion. Uh, one take or overdub it? One take. I'm with you on that. I hate... I hate repeating and overdoing 15 overdubs and splices. Uh-huh. Beer or liquor? Ooh, that that depends. Usually beer, usually Rolling Rock, but but on, on, on occasions it'll be Jameson. Nice. I'd have, I mean, to, I'd have to lean towards beer, though. All right, I'm a beer <laughs> drinker. I love my Jamesons and my Crown Royal, for sure. <laughs> Rolling Rock used to get that in Brooklyn all the time. <laughs> Okay, Boston or Bad Company? Oh, ooh, bad. I'm going to have to go with Boston. Yeah, I think Boston's first album was the most incredible sounding thing I've ever heard. And especially for the time when it came out, you know? Yeah. Dude, what a recording. What an album. How about tacos or sushi? Tacos. The Beatles or Cream? Beatles. Really? Nice. I'm- yeah, I like Cream. Don't get me wrong. I like Cream, but man, the Beatles are just too much a part of my life, man. Uh, and the Beatles, yeah, dude, they're like kind of the original like band who started writing their own shit and then oh, yeah. recording it. it. You know? It's funny, like growing up, like when I was a kid, I mean, you know, you listen to um, Whatever you can as a kid, you know what I'm saying? Uh, my dad's Beach Boys 8-track, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And then you start, like, finding your way, and it's like, you know, I discovered from my cousin Grand Funk was a huge, huge band for me, Grand Funk, and then Led yeah. Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, you know? And yeah. it's like, when I, the Beatles, I was very big into the Beatles. I probably don't have, haven't purposely put on a Beatles song in, like, 15 years, 20 years. I don't oh, know. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I loved them growing up as a kid. Day Tripper was one of the first songs I learned how to play, you know? I'm actually thinking about redoing Day Tripper as like a heavy metal song with an octave <laughs> and stuff. I think it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> and some Man, I was vocals. actually, I was, I was just playing um, side one or, or, or album one of the White Album. Yeah. Like last week, <laughs> just really? fucking around. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I always listen to the Beatles, dude. Like Sgt. Pepper is one of my favorites. Oh, man. I Revolver. used to love that as a kid. Yep. I used to love that. Now it's like, I don't know. It's just, there's certain things that like, I like it. And like, if I'm in your car and you put it on, I would never say shut it off, you know, but I purposely uh-huh. don't look for it anymore. I don't know. It's weird. I'm always looking for new shit. I think. Really? How about this guitar or bass? Ah, uh, bass. How about <laughs> David HK or David HK? Ah, uh, David HK. <laughs> everybody, everybody picks that. I'm serious. <laughs> he's becoming a. <laughs> he's a legend now in the game show industry. Everybody picks David HK every time. <laughs> How about hi, hello, 
Paul, who the fuck are you? Uh, who the fuck are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not friendly anymore. I'm really not. I get the assumption everybody's a jerk. You know what I'm saying? Um, prove me wrong. Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. No, I'm actually no. I, honestly, no. I'd have to strike that. I, I um, I am actually more of a high hello guy like, in that context. I think I was thinking of it in a different context, but just as like you know, if I'm if I'm around like. If I'm mowing my lawn or whatever, right. yeah, I'm the guy. If I see a neighbor driving by, I'll, I'll throw my hand up there and give him a wave and all that. Like, so why would you say So would you put your hand up first, or do you wait for them to wave first? You know, it's funny. I I, I I used to wait for people to wave first. I used to have all the whole thing about it. Now I just put my hand up, but I don't even look at the track. And I just I just throw my hand up as a as a as a as a nice wave. But I keep my head straight and keep doing what I need to do. That way, I don't got to be up like, why is that guy not waving back? Or is that guy, you know, he, he so going to start getting into those things. interested in the response then, in other words, right? Yeah, like, I'm just assuming there's going to be a wave back, and it's just kind of like I'm being courteous, for, you know, for the neighbors. I, I'll be honest stuff with like you. Stuff like that. I'm, I'm 59 now, and uh, I'm a New Yorker. True and true, I'm a New Yorker. All oh, down I did, in yeah. Florida. <laughs> Forget about it, you know what I'm saying? It's fucking uh-huh. boy. But I'm, 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 I'm the type. It's like I I, 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 I am a nice guy. I, I believe I'm a nice guy. But I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the wave, and I don't get the wave back, and then I feel like a jerk. You know, I got neighbors Which here is, too. I'm walking the dog, and I always wave. You know, the wife wave back, but the husband won't wave back. He's got the attitude. So now I'm like, you know what, Buffungu, go fuck yourself. Now even you wave to me, I look the other way like I wasn't paying attention. Go fuck yourself. And that, that's I'm why tired. I don't even look back anymore. That's why I don't even. I, I say you're not gonna. You're not gonna make me not wave anymore because yeah. I, I like to wave, but I ain't gonna look at you anymore. That way, I don't gotta be pissed at you. <laughs> so fuck it. I'm just gonna assume that your ass is waving. Dude, I've been done, I've been. In, I've been in a bar in the restaurant business down here now for like 15 years, and I'm tired oh, nice. of. Now, if you come up to my bar, right? You come walk in with uh, your wife, and you walk up to my bar, and I don't know you. I'd say, "Hi, how are you?" Your response would be doing okay or whatever you know how are you and then i would uh-huh. turn around and say what can i get you folks you know what i'm saying uh-huh. no you'd walk people walk up to the bar and i'm like hi how you doing I'm like yeah give me a, a vodka and tonic uh you know <laughs> get the fuck out of here now, now you just piss me off now I'm, uh-huh. you know, I'm done with the politeness i'm done with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're a nice guy don't, that, don't let me don't let me make you don't let me make you get hard how about this <laughs> comedy or horror Oh man, that's a that's a that's a damn tough one because, ooh, wait, it depends, man. Like if you ask me right now, and I'd be honest, and you would look at my Amazon recent playlist, I've watched about forty B horror stories, <laughs> movies from the eighties, from Chorus Trap to Vincent, yeah, Vincent yeah. Price stuff. Just all that crazy shit. Hell, Night. the pendulum, <laughs> speckled red death, all of those. Yeah. So well, you got to pick one out. See, it's what makes it hard. You must Horror. choose one, Danielson. Horror. Horror. You got it. How about this? Be careful or damn the torpedoes? Ah, uh, be careful, man. I, I was a construction worker, man, so <laughs> I'm, I'm and, and, and a qualified safety person on the job site. <laughs> oh, there you go. Your safety monitor. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah. You were making sure he's got the OSHA approved, you know, gloves, boots, and hats on. <laughs> you know it's crazy, but I did. I, well, I, I cheated on my hard hat a lot, but I always wear my safety glasses, man. I never like shoot my eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. As a kid, I burnt my eyes welding. I used to work for a fence company, 
Oh, man. We couldn't find the mask, and they were busting bulls. We had to get this fence, this gate welded, and get it back on the job. I figured I'll close my, you know, I'll look at it, line it up, close my eyes, and tap it, you know. And dude, I had flash burns, man. It was the worst. Oh, thing yeah, ever. It's, oh, yeah, you get a flash of those things. Yeah, man. For a week, I had patches on my eyes. I couldn't see. It sucked. Yeah. How about oh. McDonald's or Burger King? Burger King. Really? Okay, I'm a McDonald's fan. Okay. Doesn't matter. I own McDonald's stock, but I'm a McDonald's fan. But I love Burger <laughs> King fries. Really? And I, and I think I think McDonald's breakfast is good. I think Burger King's breakfast sucks. I don't like it at all. Huh? It's funny because actually I, I like McDonald's fries, but I just I don't like their burgers. Really? Wow. See, yeah. I, I like I like their burgers, but I like Burger King's fries. That's pretty wild. Especially because my wife and I, we would always share. Like the, she would be like, "Hey, the Big Macs are on sale, two for five. You want the Big Mac, Big Macs?" And 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 I was always like, "Yeah, Big Mac." But for some yeah. reason, after a while, I just I do not want to, to like just thinking about the taste of a Big Mac. I don't want it anymore. It's yeah. like that thousand dollar like dressing slop. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. That's crazy because I was. It used to be a big thing, but now like yeah, I definitely have to say Burger King. I like that flame rule. So did, did you ever go? Did you ever go around with your wife and get food from different places? We've done that, me and my wife. Oh yeah! Like oh we, my we god! Like, yeah. <laughs> like we like the dumplings from this Chinese restaurant, but we like oh, the yeah. pork fried rice from that place. And we and, go, and, and go. Man, we got three. We got three kids, so so it's not just us two that we got to deal with. It's those three as well. So oh, sometimes we got to go to all kinds of places for dinner, man. So what's the age range of your kids? Uh, Eleven, nine, and six. Oh, okay. Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah my, which my, was... Mine are 24 oh, sorry, and 29. Oh, wow. Nice. You're through yeah. the teens. Oh, yeah. Which is good. I'm married 35 <laughs> years, dude. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Mm. Like my yeah, father used to say... I'm 20 years now. All right. If I killed her when I had the chance, I'd be out by now. <laughs> Don't tell her I said that she hates that joke. <laughs> she hates that joke. I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Electronic or acoustic drums? Acoustic. Yeah, we know the answer to that. Um, hold your tongue, or let me tell you something. Uh, probably more hold your tongue, though. Yeah, I've got like that. I've gotten older. I, I've actually, got, I hold my tongue now because I don't give a shit no more. I'm like, it's not worth arguing. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth pushing my point. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah Exactly. It is not <laughs> yeah. worth the fucking argument. <laughs> it's, not, it's not. I used to be all about, you know, fucking straightening you out because I think you're wrong. Now I'm like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, well, I'm okay. I'm, <laughs> That's how I've been married 35 years. I, I learned the term, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, new music or the classics? Classics. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, how about this? Black Sabbath or Iron Maiden? Uh, Black Sabbath. Yeah. I mean, I love Iron Maiden. One of the first bands that turned me on to like modern type metal. Like, I love Black Sabbath. You know, it's crazy. That's one of those one of those things about me. Um, it, 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 it's, that's crazy, but I never liked Iron Maiden that much, man. Mm. I, I mean, I had Seven Son of a Seven Son, and I had like, I think I had one other album of theirs growing up, but I was never really that big in, into them. I'll I don't know you, why. They're another band. The first four albums, I totally love. After that, I started losing interest. Just like I'm a huge, huge Kiss fan. After the fifth, sixth album, I'm done. I'm out. So, <laughs> right on, right on. And, and I love again. I'm nothing against uh, 
Uh, yeah, listen to me. I mean, I love Paul Diano. You know, from the first two albums, the singer from Iron uh, Man. I love Killers. I mean, it's just inc- it's just it's amazing. But by the time we got this, you know, Seven Sun, I'm like, eh, ugh, I was losing interest in that shit. Yeah, like I, it's it's crazy. It was just one of those things. Like everybody, like, I don't know. I just you know, it was one of those things that just I just never got them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot. Of, it's and again too, as a musician, there's a lot of. Um, like again, you brought up like Rush. I mean, I know it's one of your influences and stuff, but like, I, I, I like maybe five songs from Rush. I never really was that into it. Um, and on my show, I talk about it too. It's like you know, Yngwie like Malmsteen. The guy's probably one of the most incredible virtuoso guitar players ever. I don't yeah. get it. I find it boring as shit. After the third song, it's like, all right, dude, stop, really. You know, Joe Satriani, yeah. Steve Vai, all that shit. To me, it's just showing off shit. It's like, give me a good song with a good riff, you know. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I don't need that. I definitely agree with that. You know, it's like, dude, really? Yeah. Hey, get out of here. I never liked Van Halen. <laughs> I like three or four Van Halen songs. I'll be honest. I mean, they think Eddie Van Halen, God Rest His Soul, is probably one of the top ten best guitar players ever, but I just don't get it. Except I, I do got to say, man, that the shit that that Carrie King and Jeff Henneman were coming up with, like for for Slayer oh, in yeah. the fucking late eighties and nineties, was just pure. Oh my god! Well, like, that's, one of some my of the harmonizing bands, yeah. solos and shit that those two would do were just fucking yeah. amazing. They're one of my top three favorite bands, and uh, I mean, I love it again too. And again, too, you, you get into this this whole thing. Like, if you listen to the lyrics to Slay, it's like, Jesus Christ, this is some crazy-ass shit they're singing about. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's really messed up. It's like... <laughs> but if you ignore the lyrics, it's like it's some of the best music. You know, I, I always listen to music to get amped up. A lot of people like to relax or hear music to mellow out. I mean, again, if I'm in the pool with the wife and the kids, yeah, and you want to put on, you know, uh, Margaritaville and all that crap, whatever, go ahead. But <laughs> I listen to music to get psyched up. I want to start, like, busting walls and, like, kicking shit in and breaking stuff, you know? And that's what Slayer does to me every time. Exodus, you know? I like that shit. Oh, yeah. All right, we're almost done. We got two more, actually. How okay. about this? Sneakers or sandals? Oh, sandals, man. I'm... <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I, I wear sneakers when I'm in the yard cutting the lawn and stuff. But yeah, for you know, most of the time when I'm just out or whatever, I just wear sandals. I gotta be honest with you. I've been living here now again. I was managing, you know, restaurants and stuff. I'd have to put, you know, dress pants and shoes on and shit. But I live in flip flops. I wear shorts and flip flops. My wife and I go yeah, out for a nice dinner. Nice. I put on a nice Tommy Bahama shirt. But shorts and flip flops. I have no. I haven't put on socks in probably like seven or eight years. <laughs> right that on. shit. You know what I'm saying? I wore. I was a trader on Wall Street for 25 years, so I wore a suit and tie and all that bullshit. I'm done with that crap. Wow! Wow! <laughs> oh my god! All right. <laughs> so it's a twist on that one. Do you refer to it? Okay, sneakers or tennis shoes. Oh man, you that's that's getting kind of technical on me now. Um, yeah. I'm, you know what's crazy, man? I'm not even sure of the difference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is none. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. <laughs> a lot of people like you know people you know consider proper they call it tennis shoes. It's oh I grew up. It's called sneakers. Yeah, right on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's that? Okay, yeah, yeah, sneakers, man. Yeah, yeah sneakers. Uh, 
We used to get our sneakers at my room. Get kids. your sneakers out of the living room. Yeah. yeah. We used to get our sneakers as kids at the freaking supermarket. We used to get sneakers from Bullock's. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. And thank you. That was the Choose Game. Thank you for playing. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Um, so I want to ask you a question. Um, along, we, we know that most of your stuff is um, instrumental. Have you ever thought about maybe redoing it or just having maybe vocals put over it? You has, know, has have, anybody ever approached you about that? I have. Um, I've had a couple people ask me different things about it. And the stuff that I've already done, I'd probably keep the way they, they are. I, I wouldn't, I definitely would be open to working with, you know, some, some vocalists. It's, it's just number one. I'm, I can't sing for shit. Same with me. And, yep. um, you know, and then on top of that, I'm not really very good at writing lyrics. Like, um, they just, they, I don't know. They don't come out like, and I'm just not that that's, that's not my thing as, right, right. as, as a musician. So like, I definitely would, you know, work with somebody in that, in that capacity, but for pharmacide stuff, right. I haven't really, um, I'm not not to say that there will never be a song that that I won't have some singing coming out on because I do keep it in my head sometimes, but it have to we'd have to like I'd have to see like you know um, it it's I'd have to say probably eighty percent not going to happen twenty percent right. maybe like right. it's just you know at least not in pharmacide probably I, I agree with you hundred percent what you said I'm I'm this it's like I have um, I don't know maybe I got ten instrumentals. And I've had, you know, people say, like, dude, what are you, well, what a waste. You should, you know, should have singing over that. I'm like, I didn't intend on singing on over that. I intended it to be as it is, as an instrumental, you know? And yeah, I don't want to yeah. go back and fuck with it. I'm big, like, once I put it out, even if, if you had a better idea and I agreed it was a better idea, it's done. I'm not going back and redoing shit. I'm moving on. And, and I guess that is one thing, is because the way that I write my stuff, like, it, I write it to let the bass and, and, and each instrument kind of have its own voice. So it's like, I, the, like the, the lyrics would almost be talking over top of the instruments. Like, right. They're, they're, the instruments would definitely have to be less busy <laughs> right, right, in right. order for lyrics to fit, to not over, you know, overstep yeah, so on the clashing, lyrics and stuff. Right? Yeah. You know, so it's like, I get a lot of leeway with, with stuff like that with the no lyrics where I can, you know, get away with extra fills or whatever, and extra like little guitar, you know, blue, blue, blue noodling type things and stuff like that. You know, that uh, I wouldn't get, be able to get away with if if I was doing it with lyrics. But, but you know, like I said, you never know. It, it, it's it's not going to say never, but just it's it's probably you know not not in the cards, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, and you know it's funny i was like really disappointed like for my stuff with honeybone rush um i heard which up. i love you guys again oh. by the way like like you guys are fu it's fucking awesome man thank you so much i appreciate you my head's swelling up stop i'm gonna float away <laughs> but uh no, seriously like for real like <laughs> I, I i got hooked up with uh um a, a, he's in the uk is justin leo nugent and he writes poetry and oh, I came up with this idea and me and him actually together came up with the idea that I had some songs that were kind of like uh, just like transient background type music. And I was like, dude, recite your poetry and I'll chop it up to fit like with the music, you know, just just say your poetry out. 
So okay. basically, it was like heavy metal music with his, I mean, he writes dark, heavy, like poetry. I mean, he talks about like the worms, you know, eating your eyes and, you know, your brain. It's like, he okay. writes like crazy shit. Um, okay. I'll send you the links. I got I got two songs. I yeah, yeah, him. definitely, definitely. And I was really promoting it as you know poetry for the modern masses. And, you know, because a lot of you know poetry, a lot of people don't dig it anymore and all that shit. But this was like Ed Allan Poe type shit, you know? Right, right, yeah, yeah. And it was incredible. And we did a song, and you know, it pretty much like flopped. Like I didn't get any streams, nothing. So he was kind of like disappointed that he felt bad. I was like, dude, don't apologize, man. It's like, whatever, we tried it. So like maybe like six months later, we put out another one. And that one did a little bit better. But I really thought it was going to catch on. And it didn't. I was like, but you know what? See, I'm not I, I'm not afraid to try it. We're not under record right, contract right. where you're going to get dropped or get, you know, in trouble or some shit. Yeah. If it flopped, you exactly. know, don't do it again. You do something else. But in my mind, I thought it was really good. And it could have went, maybe went somewhere. But. It didn't. I thought it was a shame because he wrote amazing poetry and, you know, um, it just it sounded great. He had that whole British accent that adds even more like scariness to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She comes yeah. from the grave, she does, you know? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. You know? Hell yeah. It was fucking uh -huh. great, but it's like it did not catch on at all. I was like, all right, whatever. So that was that wow. with that. But I tried it, I gave it a shot. Yeah, that, that, that's and that is one of the cool things is to be able to like, you know, like you have the ability to just go in whatever direction that you want, man. It's like you said, it's it's, it's in the end, there's 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 nobody out there that's going to say, oh, wait a minute, no, you're not, yeah, you, you know, you're not under contract to do this or do that or whatever. Like, you know, like think about it, man. You remember, um, I, I was just looking on, um, I, I haven't been active on Twitter for almost a week because. My kids use my phone and then they fill the memory up and then it's like <laughs> I can't even receive text messages because until I'm backing up. Yeah, yeah. But um I got on Twitter this morning and they were talking about, you know, the the um anniversary of Chuck Shoulder's death. Right. And and they were talking about how um you know how how he couldn't afford his medical bills or whatever, but it started making me think like here was Chuck Shoulder, who was a brilliant freaking musician. And he paid his dues 10 times over. And yet when he wanted to go and find a label to back him for control denied, he couldn't find anybody that would do it for him without and take the chance on him. And it's like he, without writing another death album, which was outside of perseverance yeah, yeah, ended yeah. up getting done. And it's just like, like here was a guy who, I mean, in the music industry, you would think he's paid his dues. If he's got a project coming out, you would think it would just be a matter of which studio wants to to, to grab it kind of thing. But it's like, man, right. you know, so it's like when you think about it, like here's a guy who had a passion and he couldn't really get what he wanted to do underway, you know? And it's like, you know, with, with, with like somebody like me, man, yeah. nobody gives a shit what the fuck I'm wearing <laughs> one way or the other, you know? Yeah. So I could put out whatever the fuck I want. And it yeah. doesn't, you know, I could, I can tweak it. I can try all kinds of off the wall shit. And in the end, you know, I mean, in the end, all I would hope is that people would respect me as a musician for at least trying the shit. And, right, and hey, right, if it right. fails, it fails, you know. But yeah, but as an artist, you know, you, you hey, let's see what see, see what we can make out of this. You but, know, that's what oh too like like you think about it. It's like um, 
everything now is social media. So it doesn't matter. You could be the greatest drummer on earth. You could be, you know, uh, you know, Neil Peart and John Bonham rolled in one, you know, playing, writing the greatest songs ever. But if you, if you don't like tweet it, if you don't get like hooked up with social media, you don't get into the algorithms, yeah. the music's going to go nowhere. And that's what it is. And that's why though, we can't like get involved with that shit. Enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. Put out your music to how you want to put it out. And if five people or 5,000 listen to it or two, it doesn't matter. Just put it out and just do you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the, the main, you know what I got to say, man, on a, on a completely like, 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 as like a bottom line type thing, right. me starting Pharmacide. It, uh, what I'm thankful from from Pharmacide is just all the cool fucking people and bands and shit that I've met since I've yes. done this project. Yep, it's like hooking up with guys like you and Demon Scar and Dennis and you know just the whole being a part of the whole metal underground. You know, from like like remember when that shit was just starting and it was just a couple of us and yeah, like yeah, Demon yeah. Scar is like, hey, I got this idea of creating a fucking playlist of you know, and now they're like playing the fucking whiskey and doing movies and shit like that. And like, right. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy to kind of just like all of the cool people and, 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 and not just musicians, but other people who just listen and, oh, are, yeah. and are supporting, you know, each of us and all that kind of shit, just hanging out and all that kind of thing. Just the community in general. We're just like what we're doing right now, dude, I'm having a blast doing this with you. I'm not getting paid yeah, exactly. for this. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I'm going to spend the rest of this week now editing this, putting in sound effects, all that shit. I'm having a fucking ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I got <laughs> to meet yeah. you and hang out, but I'm not going to get, you know, Coca-Cola is not going to be sponsoring me i'm not getting five thousand dollars for this fucking show you know uh, what i'm saying but it's funny because we always get hung up on that shit you start looking at your numbers you know i don't know are you on spotify uh, do you um do you go through like distro kid or cd baby or one of those i, I it's funny i go through cd baby and right. um but i i don't Man, I, you don't get hung up on your stats, right? You're not sitting there staring no. at your stats, right? Yeah. And it's not that I don't care about, like, oh, well, you know, I don't give a shit. I, I'm a fucking big time musician. I don't care. It's not like that. It's just, I know there's people out there who dig it. There's people out there who don't dig it, but I'm not like, right. But that was one of the things that slowed me down a little bit is when I was, um, like the, around 2020, it was like I started noticing a lot of bands were jumping on to TikTok and starting to do other things, right? And and expanding. And I'm like, man, I can't even keep up with this Twitter because it's it's just me, you know. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of bands they got people who were running. You know, okay, well, you handle the Twitter shit for now, and then I'll pass yep, it to you. You do the you Facebook this, but, crap, yeah, yeah. But like when it's just me and I'm trying to like keep active and i'm trying to write music and i'm trying to do with three kids and homeschool them and right, uh, you right, know right. everything else it's just like it got really crazy so you know um and then i was like oh my god now i gotta worry about tiktok and shit i was like man i can't <laughs> yeah. even think about <laughs> that stuff know. man i gotta like <laughs> you know, like, so it's like it was uh, like soundcloud i'm not on soundcloud people like, you should get on soundcloud i'm like Ugh, another thing i gotta fill out forms <laughs> it's like get the fuck yeah, out of here yeah yeah no i I go through CD baby and wherever they put me is cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, exactly. All right. So Vince, um, I know what do you, but what's, you know, what's coming down the pipe, uh, recently, uh, you're working with uh, Dennis, right? From this side of Anarchy. Yeah. Me and Dennis got a song that we started working on, um, about a year ago when I was, um, 
back in California, and uh, actually a little bit longer than a year ago. So I'm sorry to throw. And did then, you uh, meet him when you were in California? You guys actually meet in person or no? Oh yeah, no. Me and Dennis were. That's we got to be friends out there. We oh, used to cool. hang out, go out to lunches and shit like that a lot. Oh, um, very nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I met him. Um, I want to say. Oh, just, well, through just through all of us, through all of us meeting each other through through the music and all on Twitter and everything. Um, right. um, I, I want to say maybe through underground mics back when that guy was on the scene. Okay. And uh, yeah, he I found out that Dennis lived not too far from me in California. We were both in like the Los Angeles area, so yeah, we started hanging out, having lunches, stuff like that. And uh, and then yeah, after a, a couple years, it's like you know, dude, we've been friends for a couple years. Why don't we? You know, fucking do a song together or something. Like that, <laughs> yeah, you know, right? right. What are we waiting for? <laughs> so, you know, we started doing it and uh we got this song, it's called Die You Sucker. And um it's I just finished recording um, you know, my part for it tonight. I'm I i got I haven't listened back yet. I I'm not sure if this is the one that I'm gonna give him or not uh for the final recording because it has a uh has a part with some double bass in it that, you know, I was mentioning earlier with my back and all and it's uh, it it's not like fast, fast double bass, but it's not like it's fast enough for me with my hip to where it's it's um, I don't know. I got a there's a couple times I, I played it. It's only like a two and a half minute song, so I recorded it like five times. Right, and um, I'll see if I get a good take, which I I felt a couple of them were good takes, but I got to listen back and see if all those double bass notes are right on and stuff like that. If right. if they are, then it's good. If not, then I got to go back. And, you know, starting Monday, I'll get back and start rehearsing a little bit more and tighten it up a little bit more and then send it to him one day next week, you know. But uh, and then I got some of my stuff, my own stuff that I'm working on, a new single that'll be coming out over the summer. Um, and that'll have uh, uh, a time, I'll actually have a time before in Illogic with acoustic drum versions oh, as cool. like a B-side to the single. Yeah. Very cool. Do you find I, I, I find that. um a lot of times we used to call in the studio here, we call it ear wash. You listen to something like enough, it's like you can't discern anymore. I always find that like narrow it down what you think is good, this take and that take, then come back two, three days later with a fresh head and, you know, listen to it again. You know what I'm saying? Because what you thought two days ago was like, this is fucking sweet. You listen to yeah. it now, you're like, what the hell? We thought this was good. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I always triple check before I send stuff off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That's and that's probably what I'll do. I'll probably I'll, I'll pull it off on my recorder and I'll listen to it once or twice tonight, and then I'll probably take tomorrow off and then get back on it Monday morning and decide whether or not I'm going to send it into him or not. Um, I've I've got it down to how, how I'm playing everything. It just is just now. It's just making sure that I'm 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 like one time with everything, and uh, the transition in and out of the double bass part is just. You know, it's one of those things I'm still like, I'm, I think I got it, but it's like I'm I'm not just breezing through it. I'm still like thinking about it while I'm doing it, you know, kind of thing. So right, right, right. the chances are it sits a little bit off. <laughs> the worst, I hate when you get the red light syndrome. You practice something 8,000 times, you could do it in your sleep. All of a sudden the red light comes on your recording and you start stepping yeah. on it and fucking it up. Uh, <laughs> it's like, come on. I know, I know, <laughs> I, hate that. I know. It's like I'm actually going back. It's like, wait, I got to listen to my scratch track from before because I forgot how to even play this fucking thing. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. 
<laughs> I think we've all got those kind of recordings out oh, there. Where, what the fuck is this shit? Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just oh. played the fucker five times. <laughs> yep. And now the red light's yeah. on and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. I definitely did not feel it, man. <laughs> oh, Vince, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a long time coming, man. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me, man. I'm, I'm fucking honored as hell to be here. <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm glad you're back on the scene. Like I said, you know, we have our little, uh, you know, where we talk our little round table there on Twitter in private with us. And uh, everybody's just so glad that you're back and you're doing, and you, you know, you're back on the scene again. You're getting back in the groove, man. It's awesome. Awesome, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm completely overwhelmed by the responses. I'm, I still am, man. I'm, it's, I just, you guys are awesome. Uh, hey, we're all we got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Who else is going to listen to our shit? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> our own family don't want to hear our shit half the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like when you're playing your stuff for family, like at gatherings or whatever. It's like, you know, is it supposed to sound like that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, man, you're fucking, you're 80 years old. Stop. <laughs> you're fucking listening to you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, give me a break. It's that, why do the guitars sound fuzzy? Stop, stop. It's what it's supposed to sound. This ain't Bill Haley in the comments, man. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Backstage with Spike, episode 95. Yes, we're closing in on my 100th episode. We are working on something that should be pretty cool. Uh, thank you again for tuning in. I appreciate it. Everybody, stay, stay true to yourselves. Stay hardcore. Stay metal. Do you. Vince, thank you, brother, so much. Thank you, man. Peace.